Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Erin Summers. Happy to be here with you on this Friday afternoon. We have one more regular season game against the Atlanta Falcons this Sunday at 325. That game is on Fox. It is a must win for New Orleans. And we need all the Saints fans that can get to Atlanta to get to Atlanta. We want the Mercedes-Benz Arena to be absolutely packed out in black and gold. And if you need some gear, you can head over to the Oshner Sports Performance Facility because they have some rally towels there that they're handing out to fans all day today and then tomorrow morning. So if you need some, run by there and grab some on your way to Atlanta. This weekend, the Saints, they definitely need a win, but they also need a 49ers loss to get into the playoffs. So those are the two things that we are cheering for this weekend. Those Both, both of those games are at the same time on Sunday, 325 Central Time, 425 East Coast Time there in Atlanta. And to help us break down the Atlanta Falcons, talk a little bit about their team, what's different from the first matchup against them, what we can expect this Sunday is Atlanta Falcons play-by-play radio broadcaster Wes Durham. Wes, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast today, previewing the Saints and Atlanta game this weekend. Big game for us, but of course it's always going to be a big game for the Falcons when it comes to this these two teams playing. How are you doing today and uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Aaron, I'm great. It's good to see you. Happy New Year. Um, I, you know, I always tell people in the 18 years I've been able to do Atlanta on radio, I've always said there's there's a handful of games in the NFL that are like college rivalries, and this is one of them. Um, and I love it. I love the game. I love the environment, uh, whether it's in Atlanta or whether it's in New Orleans. I, I think it just brings out kind of the collegiate field to pro football. And I think a lot of it has to do with both franchises being roughly the same age and germinating and originating in the Southeast where college football, as you well know, is just such a big part of it. Um it is interesting when we get to stakes like this, and we haven't had that many regular season finales of Atlanta, New Orleans, where we had stuff hanging in the balance. Um, and to be honest with you, I think it's intriguing. They moved this game to 425 because of the 49ers playing at the same time. And the league's done that with a lot of other games. It's not just this one. But I think Atlanta is as much about who they are and finishing this type season with Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot and all the things coming into play that if it were new Orleans or if it were anybody else, they would give you great effort. Um, And I expect to see that Sunday. I expect Mm -hmm. to see it out of new Orleans. I expect to see it out of Atlanta and the saints have also had to kind of, you know, plug and play in several areas this year, especially a quarterback. And I think that's what you're going to get Sunday. I think you're going to get a highly competitive game probably a little edgy knowing the way these two go. Um, and I'll be surprised if it's not close because they all, they all typically tend to be a possession or two, uh-huh. uh, you know, with about six minutes to go, just like last time. So, I mean, everybody said, God, last time was so great. And I'm like, really? It seems like it's like that all the time. So, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah. The fourth quarter comeback for the saints, but then, the Falcons able to kick that field goal late win the game here in the Superdome. It was gut wrenching for the saints. Cause at that point we thought that we were where we wanted to be in the season. We had all of our people still playing. Um, it's gotten a lot different since then with all the people in and out your team still led by Matt Ryan, yep. very stable in that regard. And he's definitely somebody that got us in that first game. 
What do you expect from him this weekend? I mean, his his career with New Orleans is star-crossed in some ways. Um, but he's had a really good year given all the stuff going on around him. Um, you know, you don't have the marquee downfield vertical receiver that you had for years in either Roddy White or Julio Jones or uh, Calvin Ridley, mm-hmm. who was supposed to be obviously a big part of this team and, and obviously has missed the last third, two-thirds of the year. Um, Kyle Pitts has become that guy. I mean, he's had 66 catches and 1,000 yards, and I think he'll play how big a factor he'll be Sunday, I don't know. But obviously he was a big factor in the ballgame in New Orleans, caught the pass that ultimately set up the game winner. Um, I think Matt has been as good in, in many ways, Aaron, as he's been at any point in his 14 years, just in a different way. Um, but I think the guy, if you want to talk about a guy who is – kind of uh, bonded with this organization and bonded with this city. It's Cordero Patterson. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cordero Patterson has come in here. He leads him in rushing. He's third in receiving yards. Um, he's third in catches. Um, I mean, he's a guy that has just probably shown up at the right time. And with Arthur Smith arriving as the head coach and Terry Fontenot as the GM, I think it's, I, I think Cordero Patterson has, has really kind of found himself a little bit with his fourth different team in the league. I mean, at a time where I think it could really be beneficial for Atlanta uh, down the road. And so there'll be some interesting offseason decisions, but Matt has truly been steady. Um, and it's been, it's been a different watch for Dave Archer and I doing the games on radio, because this has not been the kind of Matt Ryan that we've become accustomed to, but you respect the guy's ability to change and, and continue to be effective. Sure. The focus on the same side has been trying to apply some more pressure on Ryan and try to get to him more because he works pretty quick. And Cam yeah. Jordan has just come on in the past few yeah. games. What's the conversation been like around so, what they can do to try to keep an eye on Jordan? But obviously the rest of the line is pretty good too. I think Cam Jordan has played, if, I, if I've got this about right, he's played almost 20 games against Atlanta. He's got 24 sacks. Yeah. I mean, the last guy that Atlanta needs, Atlanta will, Cam Jordan's name's at the top of the scouting report. And it has been for about four years, five years. The guy is a problem for Atlanta and has been a problem. Um, And that's not going to go away Sunday. So Atlanta, who has struggled to block people, really has got to pay attention to it. Now, the, the biggest adjustments for Atlanta the softest spot has been at left guard where the rookie uh, Jalen Mayfield has started the entire year. But Jordan in that first game was able to get on the double team side more often than not. Um, you know, he and Ryan is a pretty good battle one-on-one just from a pressure standpoint, and a presence standpoint. Um, there are other guys who didn't play in that first game that I worry about Sunday as well. Alexander being one, Demario Davis is a guy I'm always concerned about. Um, I thought Davenport had a moment in that first game too. So, you know, you're going to keep an eye on that. The Falcons response to the new Orleans pressure typically, and it showed up in the first game is to get the ball out quick. Um, other teams have started pressuring the perimeter a little more. New Orleans really reduced Atlanta's run game in that first meeting. Uh, where Atlanta did almost everything exclusively in the pass game because that's how good the Saints are up front. Uh, so to me, you're going to kind of have to chip away, chip away, chip away and be pretty patient on Sunday. There's not going to be this one big, 
you know, swath of a play likely for Atlanta that, that changes a lot. So mm-hmm. it'll be very reminiscent of game one, Aaron, and, and they'll have to be patient about how they go about doing it. And I suspect the same thing will take place Sunday. Defensively, the Falcons have not been the best mm-hmm. this season. Right. Sure. Focus on Alvin Kamara. I mean, Mark Ingram's been in and out of practice this week, so not right. too sure whether he'll play or not. But I mean, that's kind of what teams have been doing when it comes to the Saints is trying to limit Kamara's productivity. Yeah. And I think what Atlanta will do is they will try and do the same thing with the three and four man fronts that they put together out of Dean Pease's defense. I, to me, um, when New Orleans starts to throw, and again, here's the quarterback operative of this piece too, right? Mm-hmm. Because Camara's one thing. The second part of it is if it's Taysom Hill throwing the football, the, the percentages go down. That's mm-hmm. just what it is. But he's a more impactful runner in terms of what Coach Payton wants to do. So for me on Sunday, it becomes about Grady Jarrett. It becomes about Tyler Davison. It becomes about Taquan Graham, who's come on here in the last half of the season for Atlanta in a variety of roles. If Marlon Davidson can get back healthy, Anthony Rush has played some meaningful downs. Those are the guys that will trigger what Atlanta can be against New Orleans. Now, remember, the ball game started in New Orleans. Saints running downhill in the first half, things like that. And Atlanta tightened up and made some adjustments. Um, we've seen Atlanta get a little better defensively. Um, and the challenge kind of changes here with New Orleans because of Camara. Uh, they did give up 100 yards last week on the ground to Buffalo and Singletary in the ball game. So we'll see what happens Sunday. I, I really think the game comes down to the ability to get the tackle performed, A, uh, but not having to lose your edge, setting the run, setting the edge against the run, being able to box in some guys. Um, A.J. Terrell's got to play well. Fabian Moreau has been up and down at the other corner, but Terrell's had a phenomenal year. Uh, Richie Grant's played very well for Atlanta down the stretch. I, I just think that you're kind of going to get that tight ball game uh, when they play. And Kamara, yeah, he, he loves to play at home, too. That's the other thing. I mean, being from Norcross, he'll come back. I remember the first time he ever came in here, he had this huge run, took a huge shot going out of bounds and was concussed and lost for the night. But nonetheless, he made like a 25, 27-yard run. It was a dynamite run. And I'm thinking, holy cow, that guy's going to go for 300 yards in here. So he loves to play at home, and I'm sure he'll have a lot of tickets and things like that, um, just like Deion Jones does when the Falcons go to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Thomas Morstead, somebody that's on the other side <laughs> yeah. this time around. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest. I love the king cake the Saints yes. to him this week. I thought that was awesome. Um, he has been a real present surprise. Atlanta's punting game the last two years has kind of been last year almost too full. He really solidified it, though. And, um, you know, it's funny. I haven't, because of all the protocols and the way we do mm-hmm. business now, Aaron, I haven't spent a lot of time around Terry Fontenot. But I, I found it funny that Morstead punted against the Falcons when they played in London when he was a member of the Jets. And then all of a sudden, I thought somewhere down the road, I thought, you know, Morstead's moving around. That guy played in New Orleans a long time. If he's ever on the street, I wouldn't be surprised, right? It was one of those I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, I look, I, he played long enough in New Orleans that he probably ought to get a ring of honor thing or whatever they yeah. do in New Orleans. <laughs> but I, w- I would say this. He looks pretty good with the bird on his hat. I mean, he's come in here and done a great job. He's a special teams player of the month. I mean, his average yeah. has been great. Um, 
it's kind of nice to have him on the team coming to the dark side. He and Tyler Davison, you know, leaving New Orleans and coming to the dark side. Now, they're not the first. Don't get me wrong. I was here when Joe Horn showed up for one year in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And, man, Joe Horn was like, all right, you guys got to get this figured out now. I spent a bunch of time in New Orleans, and I know all about this deal. Well, Morstead probably knows more than anybody else. So, uh, But he's been super for Atlanta and a great addition. And, um, hey, look, when you hired Terry Fontenot to come here as the GM, you probably figured one or two Saints would eventually find their way over here. And, and sure. Morstead may be the first of several. Let's put it that way. It's definitely been fun to watch the, as you yeah. mentioned, the social media banter back and forth. Obviously, we're going to support him. He's yeah, he's great. Was here for for a long time. Um, but in this game, we hope that he's actually been to play a lot. Exactly. Exactly. This is a weird game because the Saints are definitely playing for something. I mean, this is mm-hmm. they have to win this game. Sure. Atlanta is out of it. But what kind of mentality do you think that they come into this game with? I think I'll be really disappointed if they're not playing like they had something at stake for postseason. Um, because I really do believe it's the way Arthur Smith wants to build this team, Aaron. And I think that it's a big part of where this team is going. Um you know, I get caught up in this conversation, as you know, with college football, a lot about bowl games sometimes. Is it about the year you're playing or is it about next year? Well, for Atlanta, there's that, quote, bowl game mentality. I think Atlanta's really playing as much for 22 as they are for 21. Uh, when you look at this team now, there's still some, you know, cap things out there for Atlanta. But when you look at their team, I mean, you hope Calvin Ridley comes back. Uh, you hope he's healthy, mm-hmm. comes back, is, a, is an integral part of what they're doing. Offensively, you look at Cordero Patterson. I mean, that's a big piece of what Atlanta's been this year. So you, he was on a one-year deal, so you got to believe. But then you flip to the side we were just talking about on defense. I mean, you're going to have to – you got a bunch of young guys that have played. you got some guys on short-term deals. I think Deron Harmon's come here and helped this team. Uh, A.J. Terrell's clearly on a rookie deal in a Pro Bowl caliber corner, in my opinion. Uh, Ogan Deji has come in here as a fifth-round pick out of Notre Dame and had a really good year. Taquan Graham, I mentioned earlier. But they've added along the way. So I tend to think that what's going to happen on Sunday is going to be a reflection of where this franchise is going, not just the 21 team. And that's awfully hard to say in the NFL with how you know volatile rosters can be from one year to the next. But I do sense that at its core that I think uh, I think the Falcons are playing for the bigger picture as well as the, what they're doing to finish this year. It's always fun when the Falcons and the Saints play each other. Do you have just one game, one memory that stands out? Oh, God. Um, well, I, you know, and, and this is sacrilege for me to say this as the Falcons announcer. The Katrina game, to me, was an entity unto itself. Um, and I've been blessed in my career to do a lot of un- unbelievable games. I mean, a Super Bowl, a national championship on radio, one on television with Turner um, at the Final Four. Um, I mean, there's there just been a lot of different type environments mm-hmm. like that. The Katrina game, for a lot of reasons, long before the Gleason punt block and the Curtis DeLoach recovery, 
In fact, Mike Tirico and I, about six weeks ago, were in a phone call and we started talking about that game because he did it for ESPN and I was doing the game, obviously, for Atlanta. And we had this long conversation about how that game, not after, after the punt block, how the whole environment of the game changed. And um, so that one stands out singularly from all the rest, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the humanity piece of that ball game more than anything else, especially with Steve. The second part is... Every time Atlanta and New Orleans played with Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, at some point there seemed to be some stake or record or consequence in place. Um, it, it's, it's almost difficult to single out one of those. Um, I mean, the wins in New Orleans for Atlanta are spectacular, just like the wins in Atlanta for the Saints are spectacular. The home game win mm-hmm. – doesn't doesn't feel as good. Don't ask me why. I haven't figured that part out yet. Uh, Atlanta went down there. I want to say it was a year ago coming off a bye and they were not winning any games. New Orleans was rolling and the Falcons won the game. That was one that kind of stuck with me. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be kind of interested to see how this one plays out. Um, but I, I don't sense that this one's going to get in the pantheon. Now, see, I'll say that. And you'll call me next week and say, what about, huh? how about that game? Yeah. You know? um, but I don't sense this one's going to be there, but it could. There was one time, I will tell you, and I remember Saints plays more than I remember Falcon plays. Um, New Orleans had a, uh, a wide receiver named Terrence Copper, I think, about a decade ago. And Breeze, right before halftime, threw about a 65-yard Hail Mary into the end zone. And Atlanta had three guys around the ball, and Terrence Copper came away with it. And I'll never forget, and the reason I'll never forget it is because Dave Archer said on the air, I can't believe we had three guys around it, and he caught it. Yeah. And there's, there are plays like that that I remember more so than anything else about the, the series. And as I said at the top, it's just it's phenomenal. It's fun to do these games. Well, you guys got an away win earlier this year so you can let us have this one on is Sunday. that it okay yeah. yeah well and then again you know really what happens on the field at mercedes-benz stadium doesn't have much to do with uh with whether new orleans well new orleans has to win to stay alive what yes. you really need is san francisco to lose so we need so in, so in that, essence it's yes. really about garoppolo more than it's about what's happening here it's going to be hard because, yeah, the games are at the same time. You're going to have to keep track of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the I don't way, know. we won't run that game. That game will not be shown at any point on the scoreboard or anywhere inside Mercedes-Benz. Just so you guys will have to have, you know, somebody with a phone to check it out. So. Yeah. Well, the players have said <laughs> that they're focused on this game at hand. They're yeah, not going to be watching. And unless they're up by, like, 50, then they said that they'll check it out. I get it. Yeah, we were in <laughs> Philadelphia one time when that happened. They t- Andy Reid pulled all the players off the field in Philadelphia after the game ahead of them, got them in the playoffs. He took everybody off the field in the third series. The most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Two series in, of football, yeah. and Philly was in the playoffs, and he proceeded to pull everybody off the field. It was, it was almost like a preseason game all over again. It's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens. It's going to be entertaining for sure. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. It's good to talk to you. You too, Aaron. Thanks. Great to have Wes on the podcast. I love getting to catch up with him when I can. He is a busy, busy man as he does all things ACC for the ACC Network and then covers the Atlanta Falcons on the radio network with Dave Archer. 
Before we close this thing out, Terminex, locally owned for over 70 years, will fix your pest and termite problems. They have effective solutions that will help to eliminate pest problems throughout the year. Their custom treatments adapt to the season to address seasonal pest activity to protect your home and business all year long. They provide residential and commercial pest and termite control services for the South Shore, North Shore, and River Parishes of Louisiana. Protect your home with Terminix. Latest injury reports, last injury report before the Atlanta Falcons game on Sunday will be out Friday afternoon. You can check that out on NewOrleansSaints.com. John DeShazer is going to have a great keys to victory piece for you as well. He and I will be on hand for your pregame festivities. An hour before kickoff will be on NewOrleansSaints.com across across all of the social media platforms, pre and then post game with coach and player sound analysis breakdown of this hopeful Saints victory. Enjoy the weekend, have so much fun, and go Saints!